Welcome to the CB On Air Partners in Focus series. My name is Yasha Popovic and I'm Associate Editor at Central Banking. Today, we're taking a look at how central banks use securities lending. I'm joined by Michael Saunders, Head of Agency Lending for the Americas at BNP Paribas Security Services in New York. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Yasha. Great to be here. Just to give a bit of background, securities lending is the practice of loaning shares or bonds to a borrower. In return, the borrower puts up collateral and pays a fee, which the lender reaps. Central banks may use securities lending for a variety of purposes, for example, to inject liquidity into a market or increase their own returns. Now, BNP Paribas is headquartered in Europe, but has been expanding its services in other markets, such as North America and Asia. So to set the scene for our audience members in the central banking community, Michael, in your experience, how do central banks use securities lending? Well, thanks again for having me, Yasha. Securities lending is typically the process of implementing a portfolio overlay strategy to deliver alpha or excess return to a portfolio of fully paid securities. And central banks and official institutions are critical participants to the securities lending market. Typically, they are ideal lenders uh, from a counterparty perspective simply because the supply of assets that they hold are typically highly sought after assets in the market. When you have a large diversified portfolio of assets, that would make a client an ideal lender or an ideal client. And when you introduce a securities lending strategy on behalf of central banks, their large portfolios of high quality liquid assets, oftentimes known as HQLA, are highly sought after in the market. And we can get into the demand drivers uh, later in this discussion. But really, you know, securities lending is a very mature and robust as well as transparent market today. Uh, There is about 24 trillion of assets in the securities lending market on the supply side with about 2.5 trillion of assets on loan. And if you break that down a bit further, when you look at the actual sovereign debt that composes of that 24 trillion in assets, it's about 2.2 trillion of sovereign debt is available to be lent in the market with a current balance today of about 800 billion. So central banks are ideal participants in securities lending simply because they provide liquidity to the market. They're injecting assets that are in demand from our counterparties to meet regulatory ratios, specifically LCR or or the liquidity coverage ratio, as well as NSFR, which is the net stable funding ratio. And as large holders of these portfolios of HQLA, central banks make ideal clients for securities lending programs. The regulatory landscape in each central bank's jurisdiction will have a bearing on this, but I'm curious what differences you've observed with regard to which securities central banks lend. So by nature, central banks typically uh, have a very low risk profile, and that's understandably so. However, in today's market, you're absolutely correct that regulation is driving a large part of the demand of the assets from central banks, that being under Basel III, 
the liquidity coverage ratio, and the net stable funding ratio. In addition to that, there are other demand drivers that can attribute to the return in a securities lending portfolio. And aside from the regulatory bucket that can generate revenue, there's also opportunistic lending or trading that can occur. And oftentimes that can be seen through taking advantage of the cross-currency basis spread trade. It can also be utilized to monetize what's known as the specialness of a specific issue, whether it's a UK gilt or a German Bund or a US treasury that is trading special in the market. The ability to lend those assets into the market as a lending agent on behalf of the central bank can provide a very stable, predictable revenue stream for a, a central bank. In addition, and arguably more importantly, the participation of central banks in securities lending can provide not only liquidity to the market, but it can demonstrate to other market participants that when structured properly with the proper risk protection mechanisms, the return that a securities lending program can provide is again, very stable and predictable, but also displays a, an element of confidence to the market while providing liquidity. The next question I want to ask looks at the other side of the deal from the market participant side in terms of who borrows securities from central banks, how and what are their aims? You've touched on a little bit, but if you could elaborate more, that'd be great. Central banks are ideal participants in securities lending. And the reason for that is typically they have a very stable portfolio of assets. And when I refer to the, the word stable, I'm referring to a a very predictable portfolio of assets that counterparties can rely upon. The turnover oftentimes in those portfolios is very low. So counterparties can rely upon central banks for access to critical supply of HQLA, as well as a supply of assets that can be borrowed on a short-term basis for short covering needs or to monetize the specialness of specific issues. Now, it's also important to mention that most central banks prefer to operate on what is known as a non-cash collateral transaction, meaning they are willing to engage in lending their assets and receiving other assets in exchange for the asset that is being borrowed by a counterparty. There are capital benefits when transacting with a central bank. Typically, that's known as the risk-weighted assets, or RWA. That RWA benefit, combined with engaging in a non-cash collateral transaction, make the client or the central bank as the lender in the transaction, makes that client extremely appealing. There are capital benefits, not only on the RWA side, but also on the balance sheet side of the equation that enable many of our counterparties to borrow significant balance from a lender or a central bank because they can realize those both capital benefits as well as balance sheet benefits.
Given the turbulence of the last couple of years in particular, what have you seen with regard to demand for securities lending facilities, both from central banks as lenders commonly and market participants? Well, it's certainly been an interesting few years. That is for sure. Certainly, uh, and I think we're probably spoken about this far too often in the in the markets about the impact of COVID-19 and the ensuing uh, fallout from that, where we've seen as a repercussion of many countries globally using their reserve portfolios to fund some sort of socioeconomic campaign to assist people in their local economies. We've seen their portfolios decline quite substantially in certain parts of the world. But from a lending perspective, again, the demand for high quality liquid assets to meet the regulatory demands of LCR and NSFR have really been the main drivers. So in our program and and throughout the marketplace, we've seen central banks that are willing to engage in these low margin high notional volume transactions perform exceedingly well over the past several years. And we don't anticipate that changing. In fact, this year to date, from the start of January through the end of August, we've seen that same demand from our counterparties to borrow large clips of high quality liquid assets to facilitate not only liquidity, but also efficient balance sheet management, and to monetize, in certain cases, specific issues that are trading special in the market. In terms of how securities are priced, how does that work? So the securities lending market is extremely transparent, and there are a combination of internal pricing models as well as vendor-based services that will provide market color. The securities lending market and the, or securities financing market, also known as the repo market, is extremely transparent, but it's also very robust and extremely large. So there's typically in with the assets that central banks will hold, those assets are extremely liquid, right? They are sovereign debt issued typically by G10 countries, and there is ample liquidity in the market to assist in the pricing. Now, depending upon the type of strategy that an agent lender or a central bank is willing to implement, whether it's collateral transformation, whether it's monetizing specials trading, whether it's engaging in a cross-currency collateral swap, those three dynamics are all extremely transparent from a pricing perspective. The one thing that we do find ourselves the benefit of is as an agent lender with locations in London, New York, Hong Kong, and Sydney, we have a global distribution model, which allows each of those locations to reach into that pool of assets and lend those assets to a roster of nearly 150 different counterparties in any region in the world. What that does inevitably is not only is it price discovery, but it also ensures that there's ample and equal distribution to our counterparties globally to meet that demand for this HQLA or the assets of a 
official institution. Is cross-border lending a trend that you think will increase? I do. Uh, you know, we've seen it increase quite substantially over the last several years. There's nothing that indicates that will slow down. The demand for HQLA is global. So a client in APAC may have, or a, a counterparty in APAC will have that same demand to borrow HQLA as the counterparty in the US or in EMEA. It is simply just a distribution of assets. And instead of focusing solely on a regional basis, we are now expanding that distribution of assets uh, on a global scale. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for listening. Thank you very much.